Welcome to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Solomon Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. Today's topic or today's podcast, we cover the topic of inbound lead quality. One of the things that, that we start to hear as organizations, as marketers are starting to invest and kind of understand how digital marketing works, inbound marketing works, they start to kind of, you know, reap what they're sowing, right? So they start to generate some leads and then all of a sudden they get a lot of complaints from the sales team that, you know, Hey, it's, you know, it's a lot of bad quality leads or, you know, people fill out the form and then I call them, I can never get a hold of them or, uh, you know, it's just people that don't have enough money. They can't afford us. They're not a good fit. They're too small. The project sizes are too small, right? You know, we're a manufacturing company or a packaging company and, or we're a t-shirt, you know, design company and they're calling in and they want t-shirts or they want three packages. Right. So it's not a good fit. So this, then all of a sudden we're seeing that they're writing off the whole idea of marketing, inbound marketing, generating leads to the website, right? We're writing it off because we've seen a little bit of bad quality, poor quality leads, right? So in this podcast, we'll, we'll dive into, first of all, is that true? Are inbound leads more poor quality than other lead sources that you may be leveraging today? And then the second thing is, how do we address this? How do we improve the quality of leads? What can we do from a strategic as well as a tactical point of view to improve the quality of the leads? And then how do we get our buy-in from our sales team to understand how to manage and facilitate these leads? Because it's a different process. So I think it was a, a good conversation that we have. And uh, we dove into a lot of different use cases and scenarios around this idea of increasing the quality of, of the inbound leads and understanding, again, what's a good lead versus a bad lead. So hope you guys enjoy. So Taylor, one of the questions that we get from clients is, we're generating all these leads online. However, the inbound leads specifically aren't quite qualified. You know, they don't have the budget or they're the wrong industry or wrong title, specifically when it comes to our product, because we might be very selective. We need X dollars minimum to work with us. How do we improve that uh, lead quality? And, and I know we have lots of solutions and ways to look around it, uh, look, look at it. Would you mind shedding some light on that topic? If somebody who's listening to us today yeah. is struggling in that area. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think first, before we give uh, any sort of recommendations to improve the, the lead quality, I think we should probably just address the, the comment itself. Right. So we work primarily with B2B organizations. And I think that's where you're going to get the majority of these complaints is, you know, hey, we're, we're selling a big ticket item. People come through our website are just tire kickers or they're startups and they don't have any money. They don't have any budget. Uh, and yeah, we're getting a bunch of traffic. We're getting a bunch of leads. Yeah. But like you said, they're looking for jobs. They're trying to sell us something. Uh, it's just a big you know, waste of time. It's, you know, it's not worth it. Right. So as much as I want to say that, you know, that that's not true and that won't happen inherently, the more visibility that you get as an organization to your website, the more nonsense you're going to get right coming through. And, uh, it's just what's what's going to happen. So what you need to do is is understand how people are finding your website, what the interaction and the messaging is going to look like on the website, and then what is the process to actually manage these inbound leads? Because 
let's just say you're getting zero leads through your website today. You start investing into content creation, SEO, you know, and you're, you're driving traffic and you're generating leads. And all of a sudden you get 10 leads a month, right? You went from zero to 10, but nine out of those 10 leads are just a complete waste of time, right? Well, there's still one, one lead, right? That, that could right. turn into an opportunity. And before you're getting zero and now you're getting one. So you first need to look at how do we scale that? And, you know, if we know that it takes 10 leads to get one good opportunity, then we need to look at, you know, how do we get a hundred leads, right? So we can get 10 opportunities, whatever that number is to meet your goals. And then the second thing is how do we increase that percentage of the quality leads, right? How do we lower that number? Even if it means lowering the number of actual leads and really defining what a lead is as an organization, right? So you kind of look at the process and reverse engineer it. So you look at the traffic that you're driving, right? If you're you know, we love to use this analogy, right? Obviously we're in the, in the web development space as well, but it's garbage in garbage out, right? So yep. if your targeting strategy, the traffic that you're driving to your website is garbage, then the leads that are submitting your forms are also going to be garbage, right? So you need to make it very, very clear with your messaging. Well, I guess let's start with the traffic, right? You need to look at who you're targeting. If you're running ads, let's tighten up that criteria to fit the you know persona that you're actually looking for. Or let's let the messaging of that ad further qualify that person, right? The landing page experience, however you're driving that traffic. If it's organic search, look at your uh, look at Google search console and look at the search term report. Look at the keywords that you rank for. Look at the content you're creating. How relevant is that content to the actual type of audience, right? If you're saying these leads are not qualified, well, what makes someone qualified? Have you identified that? Once you identify what makes someone a qualified lead, then every decision you make about the content you create and the keywords you're trying to optimize for and the, the ads you're running on social platforms or on Google or videos you're making on YouTube all needs to be addressed to that audience, the pain points they're having, what's important to them. Again, further cleaning that up is still going to, you're still going to get people that are fit all those criteria except for, you know, maybe their company size, right? Um, they're just a small company. They don't fit within that, right? You can't necessarily target someone on SEO, right? Through a, a search that is, uh, you know, looking for resources, looking for help based on their income or based on their organization size. So then you have to look at the messaging on the website. How are you, do you explain what you do, what type of companies you work with, right? You would, you'd be amazed. You wouldn't be amazed, but if you're, if you're listening to this, right, you'd be amazed at how many websites we look at that, you know, are hundred million dollar companies, billion dollar companies, publicly traded companies only work with large organizations. Cause a lot of times, right. The companies you work with are larger than you are, right. If you're in the B2B space and, uh, all of a sudden you go to their website and it's, all about them. It's all the awards they've won that they're the best place to work at. And every single piece of information is all about them. So why are you surprised when someone reaches out to you that's not qualified? You, you didn't tell anyone what makes a qualified. Do you, should you have content or pages on your website that says, you know, who we help, how we help, who do we work with? Well, we only work with, you know, manufacturing organizations that are 50 to $250 million with long sales cycles that have an internal marketing department but need some assistance in developing a, a proper strategy and ultimately lack the resources to execute on that strategy, right? It's a lot more specific than, hey, do you need more sales? Because if you need more sales, or you need more leads. And there's a lot of small fish out there that, that need a lot of leads and they're going to be filling out our forms every day, right? But if they read that, hey, we only work with organizations that are 50 to $250 million, 
with have that have an internal marketing team, they're going to disqualify themselves. Right. So you do it through the messaging and then you look and you look at the quality of leads that are coming through. Then you look at your process. So what does that form look like on your website? Is it just name, email, phone number? Can you ask additional information? Can you automate a follow-up email based on their input that asks them a follow-up question about their company size, their revenue, their team structure? If you're in a custom, you know, let's say you're a manufacturing company or something along those lines, do you have a, you know, a CAD file that they can upload, right? Yeah. Once they fill out a form, I mean, whatever that may be, whoever your ideal customer is, what would they have in place? They would probably already have their designs, right? They might already have their marketing budget decided, or they might already have their, like I said, their, their blueprints, right. That they're going to send over. So ask them for that. You have to have, let the prospect sort of guide their own sales process and marketing process and self-qualify uh, all the way through. So it starts with the messaging it starts with the type of traffic. And then it's really refined by the process that you have on the website, who you're talking to, the messaging that you have, the conversion process. And then finally, it comes down to the sales team. You have to understand how to manage and facilitate. And I say facilitate because that's really what you're doing. Um, you know, the statistics and the data shows that by the time someone reaches out to your website, they're already 70%, you know, through the buyer's journey, right? So is that true or is that not true? I think the prospects think they are 70% through the buying decision. That's why they reached out to you. They think they've done the research they've narrowed it down to a certain number of companies and now they're reaching out to you. So it's just finalizing the quote, right? But what you need to do is recognize really where they are, how much information they really have, and then facilitate that process by giving them more information and maybe even taking them back to the beginning and understanding what caused them to reach out to you in the first place. I think we talked about the idea at the beginning. If you have nine bad leads, one good lead, I think there's a little bit of variance in there where you might have one or two additional leads that was probably more of a miscommunication because they reached out to you. They asked for something. I, you know, I do this all the time, right? You call a place, you ask if they have this, do you have any specials going on here? Are you guys open at this time? And the person who's answering the phone no has no idea about the company's goals. So they're just like, ah, yeah, I don't know. Or they don't answer it. Right. So same thing happens on the sales side. We listen to our clients sales calls all the time. Right. And it's a different process when someone reaches out to you because they feel very informed and very empowered. Right. And so if the marketing team hasn't caught up with this yet and you haven't given them the right information or they got information from your competitor's website, then found you, then they're reaching out and asking for a quote and you just say, well, we can't do that. Or here's the price or you know, whatever that may be. And then you complain that they're just shopping around or they don't know what they're looking for. These guys, you know, well, you need to help facilitate that process, but understand, you know, it's interesting. You know, why, why are you, uh, what prompt you should reach out to us? What are you trying to accomplish? What is, you know, what is this piece that you're trying to manufacture, you know, fit into the grand scheme of the whole, uh, supply chain, right? What are you doing today? What other projects have you, do you have that are like this? Understand more about their business and that person's job to help facilitate and explain to them there may be a better you know way to go about this. Maybe we try 3D printing. Maybe we try a different type of material. Whatever that is, you have to help the sales process or the prospect by facilitating that with valuable information. So it's not that it, it doesn't work and that you can't generate a lot of revenue through inbound leads or that the quality is bad. It's that a lot of times it's not understood what needs to happen and the salespeople aren't used to it, especially if you don't have inbound leads today. Of course, comparing 10 inbound leads to 10 referrals from your existing customers who have been customers for 20 years, referral is going to close 
90% of the time compared to an inbound lead that might close 20% or 30% of the time. So you need to understand the process. You need to adapt your sales process to where that intent of that buyer is, right? Did they reach out to you through your website and they found you through a directory with 20 other similar companies and they reached out to five of them? It's completely different than if I go ask you, Hey Solomon, you know, who's the best chiropractor in town? And you say, here's this, I've been using this guy, here's his card. Right. I don't need a sales process. I'm going to go over there because I trust you. Right. So you have to understand the intent of that buyer and then adapt from there and adapt accordingly. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you covered so much and I'm super excited that you've done that because many times they get frustrated because the yep. leads aren't good enough and then they write off all of Google ads. I'm, I'm saying even if they ran it by themselves, they don't have to work with a partner. Yeah, for five like, days, got exactly. five leads, they weren't good. Yeah. Right, so, and typically when they do that, they've now lost every opportunity of working with a platform. And let's think about it. Many times they say, we ran AdWords, what it didn't work for us. Really, I mean, you're yep. sure Google doesn't have any clients because 95% of their revenue is coming from ads. All those people couldn't be doing it wrong, right? So it's not that it doesn't work. How much have you tried to improve? Like you said, messaging. It's different. You could put in the ads, you know, startups only if you work with startups or companies with different sizes or put in the landing pages, like you said, out of field that says your budget, if there is a budget concern that you have for your inbound. A lot of websites that I go to, again, every page is typically a sales page. So at the bottom of it, they have a frequently asked question. What kind of, you know, what's included? What's right? That you can put all the questions that people have right there and put an answer, let them answer it themselves yeah. before they fill out a form. And not to mention, lead nurture emails are a great way to educate your customers if they even fill out the form, figuring out whether or not they're a good fit for you. Just let automation do some of that nurturing and right. explain to them what's an ideal customer that's completely automated. Nobody needs right. to do it. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified? Or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone. All right, business go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes, uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation, or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms, talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS, and especially with this podcast, is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for the day. No. And yeah, if you're watching this or listening to this and you can hear the, the rain, I think you can tell Solomon and I live near each other because it started raining at your house and then it started raining at my house about okay. five seconds later. Um, so no, I, I think it's the idea that you have to understand what that process is. And I think the biggest difference is with the organizations that, that we have seen that are going to seem frustrated or complain about the lead quality is yes, maybe the campaign's weren't done properly. Maybe we're looking at siloed individual sort of tactics to generate quick leads 
that's probably not any better than just buying a list of leads from, you know, Zoom Info or Discover Org or something like that, right? It's, it's a cold lead. It's not a lead, right? So you have to first define what a lead is. Then you have to look at how you're acquiring those leads and then how you're managing those leads. And the management of those leads too, a lot of times that's where you're going to get a lot of pushback because now we're talking about interdepartment communication and, you know, being on the same page with the marketing team and then now the sales team, which for a lot of organizations, if you're just getting into digital marketing or you're just trying to, you know, explore these opportunities, you've been doing sales for 20 years, 30 years, however long you've been in business, you've been doing digital marketing for maybe two months, right? So this, you know, maybe younger, uh, you know, without being too stereotypical, younger marketing person is going to come in and tell this older salesperson who's been selling for 20 years, hey, here's how you're going to have to do this. It's a completely different process. So you have to have that buy-in and you have to understand how to manage that lead, right? And so if you are a, a salesperson that's been maybe an outside sales rep, you've been going to trade shows, you've been calling on accounts, you've been getting referrals, you know, you've been in someone's you know company directory for 20 years. And so that's how you get leads, right? People just call in and they're, they're already warm and you're just basically kind of taking orders and you've been dealing with the same people all the time. And all of a sudden you get these leads that are coming in that have no idea who you are. And they are asking a bunch of questions. They're demanding. They're not following the same sales process. They're tire kickers. They're they're not serious. Whatever that may be, you have to learn how to. You got to start almost start over from a sales perspective, or how to apply your what you know about sales to this new process. And it's almost like a uh, you know we use manufacturing a lot, but I, I think we work with a lot of manufacturing companies and B two B organizations that that is how the sales is done. No, you don't have a retail location, right, where you get people that just walk in and, and really what we're seeing from an inbound marketing perspective is kind of the new equivalent of that. I almost right. would compare it to like a, a car dealership, right? You can't stop anyone from coming to your car dealership and your salesmen need to talk to every single person that comes in and they yeah. want to do a test drive. You got to talk to them. You got to talk about all that. So yeah, you're going to waste your time. That's where the term tire kicker comes from, right? They're walking around kicking the tires, but they never purchase anything, but you can also sell a lot of cars, right? And what do you want? You want more people to come to your dealership. And that's really what we're talking about is we want more people to come to our website, fill out the form, talk to our salespeople. And the advantage that you have is that you don't have to talk to everybody. You don't have to spend the same amount of time with everybody because they're not actually at your dealership and you could shut the door on them, right? You could right. say, Hey, we're not a good fit. Best of luck. You don't have to spend the time with them. So I think it's just the, almost the shock of changing that process so much where we used to build relationships and network at trade shows to now someone's calling me who has no idea who I am. And I'm trying to apply the same process I've been using for 30 years to this new process, which is obviously a lot different. So that's really the, the biggest difference in my mind is the messaging and attracting of how you're attracting the leads and how you're handling that. And then the communication and buy-in from the sales department to be flexible and to adapt to this new conversation because everyone sales team always you know we want we want more leads we'd be happy with more leads but then they don't want to change the process you want more leads of the same leads you want more referrals you want more right. you know trade show leads you want more existing accounts to call on well yeah that'd be great but and we can look at it from a marketing standpoint to how to to how to facilitate that but at the same time we have to be realistic with uh, what's possible Certainly. So it's almost treating this type of leads very different from what they're used to, which is handing a deal, getting a deal handed to them in a silver platter. Here you go. Right. Take the order. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's different. And it's also maybe the same, right? Because let's assume it was a, uh, maybe you're generating 
current sales is all from cold calls, right? There's still a lot of companies that's how they generate sales. And so you assume that because it's an inbound lead, they're at the bottom of the funnel, they're ready to buy. And when you're cold calling someone, you start at the beginning with the introduction, you have to paint the picture, right? You have to illuminate the pain and then you have to explain how your solution is going to fit in and how you can help and talk about pricing and options and all this kind of stuff and explain to them. Whereas you get an inbound lead and someone already is asking you, Hey, I want package A or package B and you just send them a quote, right? Well, you need to go back to that beginning and understand it may be a faster sales process, but you have to go back to the beginning of why they reached out to you in the first place, just as if it were a cold call, right? right? So that you can better understand their situation and provide whatever that solution is, creative option solution for them to accomplish what they're trying to accomplish. So it can't, uh, the assumption part is what I think where people get into trouble on the sales side of handling an inbound lead is assuming that because they reached out to you, they're ready to make a purchase and even if they are ready to make a purchase, do they really know what they need? Uh, and is that the best option? And also tailoring that conversation to be unique to every single lead because every lead is in a different stage of that buying process. Mm-hmm. Somebody might be just literally looking for three quotes. They're ready to buy. Somebody might be just very early in that buying, you know, that buying journey. So very different lead, very different way of handling that. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, you know, from, uh, an inbound lead handling perspective or inbound lead quality, I think the, the answer to the question of, Hey, is it going to be a lower quality lead? Uh, it, it could be possible, right? Well, actually I think what you're going to look at is what you define as a quality lead. You can increase the volume as a percentage of the total leads. You're going to have a lot of garbage leads that are coming in, right? Because you're getting more visibility, right? And so you have to adapt to that and you have to decide as an organization, are we okay with increasing the volume of leads, applying whatever resources, whether they're automated resources and and technology resources or human capital to filter out the bad ones so that we can spend more time on the good ones. And does that make financial sense? For most organizations, it does. And for most organizations, really, it's kind of a necessary evil at this point because that's how business is done, right? It's people are finding and making decisions through the internet. So you need to adapt to that and and you can't just rely on your current lead generation sources. So like a lead qualifier almost, a way for someone to just find out if this is the right fit. Do they help? Do they have what it takes before you pass them on to a sales rep? Right. You have to, I mean, you have to build that into your process of, you know, Hey, let's find out more about this opportunity and see if it, if it is a lead, um, whether that's automated through, like we said, the information they're inputting on the forms or whether that's a quick 10, 15 minute phone call just to kind of understand if it's the right fit or not. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, any final thoughts? That was amazing. We covered a lot. I mean, again, this is a frustration that if you're doing in digital marketing, you're getting, if you haven't done it, you're going to have this issue in the future. You can never, nothing against interns, but they're always looking for ebooks. <laughs> if you're in college, yeah, you're I mean, research. I think, yeah, my only final thought would just be, uh, we talked kind of briefly about understanding the channel selection, right, in the messaging. I guess maybe one point that I glossed over is that if you're having, and you're frustrated with the quality of leads, the other thing I would want to look at is the channel selection and the diversity in the channels, right? So, one thing that we preach is focusing on both creating awareness and generating demand at the same time as you're focusing on capturing existing demand, right? And I think a lot of times people just jump to that 
let's just capture demand. And that's where you see a lot of frustrations or the other one, right? If you just focus on one or the other and generating leads rather than generating demand and, and truly, you know, then capturing the demand, then you're going to get, like you said, either while we ran a top of the funnel Facebook campaign, got a bunch of ebook downloads, we called the people that didn't even know who we were and you know what form they were filling out, right? It's very easy to generate leads that way. That's not what we're talking about here with this topic. So I just want to clarify that. And the other side of it is that we see is capturing that existing demand. So let's spend money on a Google AdWords campaign. Here's the services that we offer, the products that we sell. Go to Google, you search for it. We bid on that, that ad and the top spot and we're getting that traffic. And that's where you start to see, okay, like I said, 90% of them, maybe people are complaining that aren't good, 10% are good. So you have to, again, understand, well, how do we influence that? This is the first, if this is the first time all 10 of those people have ever heard of you and we don't have a good landing page experience, we don't explain what we do, who we help, how we help, and then we don't have a process on the back end to handle those leads, do we have a person dedicated to answering the phone when they call, right? I mean, these are new processes that you may not be used to because typically someone calls the company number, the secretary answers, right? And the salespeople are just working existing leads or they have their own book of business. We don't get any inbound phone calls. So now all of a sudden we're getting inbound phone calls and the secretary's answering the phone. So yeah, how is that going to work? Right. I mean, we, we have to really, really map this out and think about how this is all going to work and not, like you said, get frustrated with uh, the initial results uh, without uh, looking in the mirror and, and making adjustments. One tip, right. If you're doing inbound and you're getting, you have a phone number on it, route that call to a, a sales team, let that initial conversations actually help them decide who to work with rather than go through a whole command of being transferred four times over and then never get to a sales rep. I think it's a very bad experience. If you are, at, and if you, if I'm searching for something, I want to get to, if I'm making the phone call, I'm very serious about working with this company. I really want to know. Most time we're just filling out a form or doing a live chat very passive. But if I'm picking up the phone and dialing them, I don't want to be treated like, again, press one and press two and press four. And right, like that's a very bad experience. If I can get to someone who can help answer the question, they're more likely to get my business. That was a good point that you talked about the phone part, because that's really frustrating. Mm -hmm. Not only did you waste money advertising, you actually lost that deal because you can't get them what they want. You know, people are very very fast moving. Yeah. And along those lines, I think you need to adapt your, your marketing process, your sales process, your conversion process to what is best for the customer and not what's best for you. Right. We hear a lot of times where we don't want phone call incoming phone calls because you know, we don't have anybody to answer the calls. Right. Or we don't want a live chat because we don't have anybody to answer the live chat. Right. We just want form submissions and then they fill out all these forms and then we're going to respond to them in a certain amount of time. But like you said, you know, you're CEO of an organization, you know what the standard is. If you fill out a form, you're going to get automated emails and you're going to get a call the next day and you're ready. You have 10, 20 minutes right now. You want to talk to somebody. So you pick up the phone and call and uh, you can't get through to anybody or you're seeing a, you know, it's a directory, an automated directory and you can't get to you know, connect to anybody. Bad That's experience. frustration. <laughs> so is it best for you or is it best for the customer? Right. You Correct. Kind of, yeah. Absolutely. No, that was a, Great point. And I know when I get an inbound call too, it's like, you really have to attend to that. If you can, if you're not in another Zoom meeting or whatever, if you can, I think it's a great way to connect with somebody who's really trying to make a decision, right? That might be the last phone call that they need to make, but if you're not there, you're really extending that sales process longer than it needs to be. 
But yeah, thank you, Taylor. Well, the comments, again, if you're frustrated, these are some areas that you can work on to improve the quality and the quantity of the leads that you're getting. So uh, if you like this episode, give us a thumbs up, share it with somebody, leave us a comment, and I think it would certainly help. And also, if you have questions like this that uh, you might be dealing with in your organization, uh, reach out to us, let us know, and uh, we'll love to make more future episodes around that. So thanks a lot for uh, listening and watching. Uh, We'll see you next time. All right, so if you enjoyed this episode, here are five things that you can do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this. And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight All right, for our next episode or the one after that. And finally, you guys, join other growth marketers, head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that could help you become a growth marketer. All right, so thanks a lot for joining us this week on the Growth Marketers Podcast, and I will see you next time.